I dreamed of traveling the long road, singing my songs to that distant stranger. Yes, I know it's sad for you, but it's something I got to do. And I will be coming home, back to the mountains, back to being free from all there is to be. Coming home to live and the life I once knew. Hello, everyone. And welcome to Bedtime Bible Boys with Brock, Trey, and Theron TJ. Thanks Thanks for for listening. We love you, Mom. And you too, Gail. in the previous chapter verses 19 through 27 that Daniel interpreted Nebuchadnezzar's dream and unfortunately for Nebuchadnezzar Daniel told him that this dream you're having is about you that all these things are going to happen to you you are going to be drenched with dew from heaven rain that he will live among the animals and plants of the earth and his mind will be changed from that of a man, and he'll be given the mind of an animal till seven times pass by for him. You have to think of this from the eyes of the world. There is nobody on earth that is more powerful than King Nebuchadnezzar. You understand that? Mm-hmm. In our view, this would be like the equivalent of the United States president having this prophecy spoken over him where you're going to see him in just a few months living like an animal outside growing hair like an animal standing wet in the field you know not all there like an animal right this prophecy is being spoken to the most powerful man on the face of the earth How humbling do you think that was for him to think of happening? Humbling, but actually humiliation for him. We read about that. We talked about, rather we thought he was going to, remember he was given 12 months to change his ways and turn to the true and living God. We talked about whether or not he might do that. And you both kind of concluded that he's not going to. And we talked about how the theme of tonight is going to be thinking about the extent to what to where God will go and what he'll do to turn if he knows that one of his children has a heart that has the capacity inside of it to turn to him to believe him and to trust him that God will do that he will find a way to do it we sing songs about this kind of stuff you guys remember the song reckless love mm-hmm We sing songs about this, like where God will go and what he will do to take his children back. We read parables that Jesus spoke about this, right? The the prodigal son, what God the Father will endure with his children, the misbehaviors, where they go and what they do, and how he'll receive them back, right? We know that he loves us more 
than we can ever imagine. I don't always think that parent analogies for how the father loves us are good ones because if I compare his love for us to the way I love you guys, it's not legitimate because he loves you without fault. Whereas you know that my love has faults. Why does my love sometimes have faults? Is it because I don't love you? No. No, it's because I'm a... Human being. Human being. And what do human beings sometimes do? Sin. Get angry. Get angry, sin. (laughs) Thank you for the judgment. Uh, Make mistakes. They behave in ways you don't really want to. Have you guys ever behaved in a way that you wish you hadn't? Mm -hmm. Have you brought... Ever done something where you're like, yeah, that was a bad idea. I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Yeah. That happens, right? All human beings do that. No matter how much you care about something, no matter how much you love, sometimes your love is not perfect. His love is perfect. It's defined for us, and we've read the definition of his love. Right? And ideally, we would all love that way. But everybody always has to know that when we're talking about human beings, we're talking about imperfect, sinful human beings living in the flesh who are not going to have the capacity to love the way our Father does. Truth? Truth. So I don't always love parenting analogies, but in this case, I think of how far would I go if one of my kids was kidnapped from me to go get them? How much pain would I be willing to endure? A lot. Unto death. Unto death. If I knew that there was a whisper of a chance at me getting you back, I would search for the rest of my life. I'm not saying that. I would. I'm not just saying that. I would go everywhere and anywhere. I would endure anything. I would go there. I would have to have my life taken away. Well, the Lord did that. Right? We were hijacked from him through... Sin. Sin. Good job. And to come back and reconcile us to him so we could find him, so we could be together, he actually literally came to the earth and... Died. Died. Right? So that's the extent he's willing to go. And as we read this, I want you to think about this. And I spoke a couple nights ago about how this is a special verse to me, and as I are uh, reading to me, and as I read through it, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal some pictures from David Jeremiah, some illustrations because he was the one who illustrated it like this, and it left an impression on me that I'll I'll not forget. And it is the reason why I look up to the heavens, even no matter what state I'm in, I know that I can look up to the Lord. And by state, I don't mean state like Texas. I mean, you mean like state of mind? That's right. That's right. Not like the state of matter. Not the state of matter either. Good, Brock, good. Let's get going here in verse 28. All this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar 12 months later as the king was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon. He said, Is not this the great Babylon I have built as the royal residence? By my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty. He's being very prideful, right? He's saying, I built this. This is mine. Look at how great Babylon is. 
This is by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty. But what does the Bible say about leader, leaders and how they got their position? They got them through God. That God put them there. Even if they're not good leaders. He God, put them there for a reason. God put them there for his purpose. The words were still on his lips when a voice came from heaven. This is what is decreed for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Your royal authority has been taken from you. You will be driven away from the people and will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like cattle. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdom of men and gives them to anyone he wishes. Immediately, what had been said about Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. He was driven away from people and ate grass like cattle. His body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair grew like the feathers of an eagle and his nails like the claws of a bird. So think about this. He was a mighty king, and now he was growing hair like an animal. He was growing like almost like hoof-type nails like an animal. He was walking around on all fours, eating grass like an animal, outside living with the animals in the rain. His mind had completely been given over to be like the mind of an animal. Every night, he slept outside in the dark with the animals. When he had to go to the bathroom, he, he went sat there. outside like the animals. Think of this, how humiliating. But his mind, he may have not exactly processed how humiliating it was, I don't know exactly, because his mind was given over to be like that of a cattle. King Nebuchadnezzar was literally nearly turned in to one of the beasts of the field so that God could get through to him. Whenever you drive by a field of cows, what's the position of their heads? Downwards. That's right. The position of their head is always down. What are they doing? They're eating. They're eating. That's right. They chew the cud. That's what cows do. They look down and they eat. That's what wild animals do. They look down and they eat. Have you ever seen a cow look up? No. A cow doesn't look up. You know what looks up? A sun. A son looks up to his father. A daughter. A daughter looks up to her father. So think of Nebuchadnezzar. You can just close your eyes and think about this. For the seventh time over, maybe seven years, he's been living in the wild. He's dirty like an animal by this point. He's growing hair like an animal. He basically probably looks like an animal. He's walking on all fours. His head's been down for seven years. 
And in verse 34, it says, At the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven, and my sanity was restored. Then I praised the Most High God. I honored Him and glorified Him who lives forever. So think, he's, his mind, it, it occurs to him. I just need to give in and look up to God. And this cow in the field, think how ironic it would look. One cow in the field looks up. It's like in our lives, when we spend our whole life, with, if somebody's unsaved, rejecting Christ. And finally, they break out of their pride and are willing to look up. And call him king. They're saved. And in that moment, King Nebuchadnezzar's sanity was restored. And he praised the Most High God. And I brought up that song earlier. I brought up that song earlier, uh, Reckless Love. And it just, I think about that. I think of, think, think, almost like put that song, the lyrics of that song onto that moment when Nebuchadnezzar, king of the world basically, is on all fours for that long. And it's, the rain is pouring down on him. And he looks up and it's like those words hit him there is no shadow you won't light up there's no mountain you won't climb up coming after me I think he looks up to the heaven and he's looking to God and thinking there's no wall you won't kick down there's no lie that you won't tear down coming after me. Now I think of my own life, and that's why I said, I look up to the heavens when we pray, you know, because I think about that. And it's not, it's not that I am ruined like Nebuchadnezzar was, but it's that I just realized that, my goodness, the Lord has literally found the shadows of my life, and He's lit them up for the people who love me the most to see. Because when you're living in the shadows, you can't grow. You can't grow in anything but death and darkness. You know what I'm saying? That stuff needs to be brought out to the light. When there's a problem in your life, guys, think about any little problem, any little problem that you've had. Something you're hiding. Over time, it gets worse when it's left in the dark. We sometimes don't want our shadows to be revealed. But the Lord's not going to let them stay shadows. There is no shadow He won't light up. There's no mountain He won't climb up. If we've built a wall up out of our own pride, if we've built a wall up out of our own shame, if we think there's no way God could love me, you know, there's no way, there's no way He could love me. I'm too, I'm too gross. I've done too bad of things. I've sinned too much. When you build those walls up, there's no wall you won't kick down. 
maybe in your life at some point in time. No, I mean you guys, but maybe I do, you know, or uh, somebody else listening. Maybe there's been a point in your life where somebody who was supposed to love you didn't love you. They really let you down. And it left a scar in your heart that said, you're not worth it. It left a scar in your heart that said, you can expect to be abandoned. It left a scar in your heart that said, I won't love you and protect you. You know what that is? A lie. That's a lie. And there is no lie that he won't tear down coming after me. So Nebuchadnezzar thought that to himself. Lord, he looked up, even as a even as a cattle, he looked up and said, There's no shadow you won't light up. There's no mountain you won't climb up coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down. There's no lie you won't tear down coming after me. He continues when he's glorifying the Lord. Nebuchadnezzar says, His dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, What have you done? And in verse 36, At the same time that my sanity was restored, my honor and splendor were returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. My advisors and nobles sought me out, and I was restored to my throne and became even greater than before. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the King of Heaven, because everything he does is right, and all his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. You know, that's the very last thing that it says about Nebuchadnezzar's life. It's a good quote. It's a great quote. The day that I go to heaven, and I think I'll have a chance to meet King Nebuchadnezzar. Because I just want to thank him. Because he did some evil things. Some really evil things. He was a harsh king. But I just want to thank him for his story because, man, it inspires me. And it should inspire all of us that in the middle of even our worst sin, in the middle of our lowest moment, in the middle when we think we're at rock bottom and the world comes crashing down, we're knees deep in our addiction, or we're in the middle of doing the worst mistake, hurting the person we love most in life, you know what we can do? We can look up to heaven. Brock, if you could be any animal for seven times over, which one would you choose if you had to be? Maybe just a lion. A lion? That'd be pretty cool. What about you, Trey? I'd be a tiger because they're solitary animals. And you'd like to be solitary? Mm. What about you, Harper? Only because I wouldn't want to get in fights. I see. Or eagle. Eagles don't really get in fights. What about you, Harper? Cheetah. Harper says a cheetah. A cheetah. They could get in fights a lot. 
Brock, I like your second one, Eagle. I'm, if I had to like live a whole life, I wouldn't necessarily want to be an eagle. But for seven times over, I would because I would love to know what it feels like to fly. But mostly, I'm not saying that what Nebuchadnezzar went through was good. Just a funny little way to, to wrap this up. And like you can just fly away from the danger. Maybe. <clears throat> Alright, well I hope you guys enjoy that. That's a special story that's near and dear to me. And I know I took a long time describing it, but... It really did speak to me at a point in my life when I needed to be spoken to. I thank uh, David Jeremiah for the illustrations, and because I hijacked the song tonight, Reckless Love, I, I, it's Corey Asbury's song, so I, I, I thank people like that who can do great work and to worship him through song. Tomorrow night we will finally get into chapter 5, which is subtitled The Writing on the Wall, and we'll get into the next king of Babylon. King Belshazzar. Not Belteshazzar. That's Belshazzar. Daniel. But Belshazzar. It must Bel- be like a similar name to Daniel, but not the exact same Daniel. Right. Okay. Alright. Mm-hmm. I love you kids. Love you too. Love you too. He's a good kid.